Hey, good morning, everybody. Bless y'all. Glad you're all here. Man, it is so windy. It is nuts. I didn't think today was going to be that bad. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Ron, for holding down the tent, literally, holding down the fort. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Hope everybody's safe. How is everybody? Honk your horn if you're good. <laughs> Thank you. Sovereign Grace, if you can hear me, I'm sorry if we're too loud. Bless y'all over there, too. Um, worship team, it was awesome. This stuff always comes with challenges, the wind, and just being outdoors and being different. This has been so different again. Heard a pastor say, which I agreed yesterday, that uh, never seen anything like this in his lifetime, in my lifetime. But hopefully we're on the other side of it. It's hard to tell. It's, it depends on who you talk to. Am I facing okay here? Some say we're out of the woods. Some say we're not out of the woods. Um, just want to be praying for our president, praying for our governor, um, praying for all those uh, with the CDC and first responders and the medical staff and everyone that's just out on the front lines trying to keep everyone safe. Uh, I'm going to dive into Luke chapter 7, a little bit lengthy. I'm not going to be long. I won't keep you long. Uh, Luke chapter 7, if you've got your Bible apps or got your Bible out, get it out if you would, please. We're going to be in uh, the Amplified, Luke chapter 7, verses 36. Let me just dive in. It's kind of long. Let me just get it read. Uh, let, let's read it together. Luke 7, 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house, and in the region of Galilee, into the Pharisee's house, the region of Galilee, and reclined at the table. Now, there was a woman in the city who was known as a sinner. And when she found out that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster veil, vial of perfume, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began wetting his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and respectfully kissed his feet as an act of signifying both affection and submission and anointed them with the perfume. Now when Simon the Pharisee, who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, now catch this, ch church, he's talking to himself, this is what he's thinking. If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a notorious sinner and outcast devoted to sin. So just to pause for just a second, Simon is thinking... If this Jesus really is a genuine prophet, he should discern the character of the woman. But we're going to see here in just a minute, in Jesus' reply, Jesus shows that he knows what sort of man Simon is and what he was thinking. So let's just keep going. Verse 40. Jesus answering said to the Pharisee, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, Teacher, say it. 41. A certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. And when they had no more means of repaying the debts, he freely forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I take it for whom he forgave more. And Jesus said, you have decided correctly. So the principle that Jesus is teaching here is the principle that the greater the forgiveness or the greater of the size of forgiveness 
the greater is the love. So what's that saying? The, the more ability for us to forgive is based on our, our um, volume of love, our um, amount of love that we have for that person. Verse 44, then turning to the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. I came into Simon's house. I came into your house, but you failed to extend to me the usual courtesy shown to, you, shown to a guest. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, demonstrating her love. You gave me no welcoming kiss, but for the moment I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not even anoint my head with oil, with ordinary oil, but she has anointed my feet with costly and rare perfume. Therefore I say to you, her sin, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began saying amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has saved you. Go in peace, free from the distress, the distress experienced because of sin. Did you catch that last line? Your faith has saved you. Go in peace, which means free from the distress experienced because of sin. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about um, forgiveness. We're also talking about debts. And uh, I don't know about you, but um, have you ever considered your unforgiveness towards someone, you holding a debt against someone, and how the bank or how people can hold um, debts uh, against you and expect payment? regular payment. Um, I think that we find ourselves so many times with dealing with dealing with forgiveness as we regularly want payment for it. We see that person, we expect a certain response, we expect um, them to do certain things, and then the next time we see them we expect it again and we expect it again and we expect to, for them to repay that debt over and over and over and over. But Jesus here is giving a comparison of saying the amount of forgiveness is based on the amount of love. The parable is a parable of contrast between two debtors, the amount of the debt and the forgiveness of the debt, and the contrasting gratitude of both. How many of you have been forgiven of a situation or someone has helped you through a situation and you have different feelings toward people based on that situation. Maybe you went through an absolute crisis and you had that one friend that stuck with you. You went through a financial disaster and you had that one friend that helped you. Or maybe you've been through little things and you've had those friends to be there for you, but you don't carry the same weight. There are some people that I know when I'm in an absolute crunch I can count on because they have done it for me before. And they hold a different place. It's not that I like them more or less, but I know that I can trust them. And we can see here that the, the amount of forgiveness was based on that amount of love. So let, let's just keep going. This contrast, as we contrast these two debts, the size of debt and the size of, of uh, forgiveness, um, the woman and Simon are represented by the two debtors. Simon's, did, did you catch what Jesus said about Simon? 
He said, since I've been here, you've basically done nothing. So he is comparing Simon to the, with his minimal hospitality is contrasted with the woman's lavish devotion. The love that she displayed is the fruit. Listen to me, church. The love that she, she displayed is fruit from a penitent heart. The love that she displayed for Jesus was fruit of her love for Jesus. She didn't stop. And she, it says earlier, if you go back before verse 36, it says that they think that she was a prostitute. She was full of sin. She had all these issues, but it did not affect her from pouring out her love for Jesus. I find that so interesting. So many times we allow our sin to define us, and we withhold or we withdraw or we think that we shouldn't have a place, that we don't deserve a place. Can I say it that way? Because of our sin, we stay on the outside because we feel like we don't deserve it. Yet here is a woman who did not, can I just use the word reckless? Just like we sang, Ruth Ann sang this morning, reckless love. She had reckless love, a reckless pursuit. And even though these officials and these important people were around, she didn't care. And then Jesus sizes up the situation and says, she is the one that is doing. She has the fruit of love in her heart. You don't. You, were, you came in thinking you didn't need much forgiveness, and yet you're not showing much love. But she has needed so much forgiveness, and she is the one showing so much love. I don't know about you, but I can find myself in both shoes, but I definitely find myself on the woman's side when it comes to sin, full of sin, full of mistakes. And I could easily discount myself and remove myself from the situation. But that's not what Jesus says. In application, as Jesus is applying this principle to Simon and the woman, Jesus shows that the one who realizes the debt of his or her own sin and the greatness of God's mercy must love as this woman does. Her love resulted from forgiveness. I can behave a certain way because I've been forgiven. Not, I don't mean behave negatively. I mean behave with love for God because he has forgiven me of just the impossible things, that I, the, the crazy things that I've done. It shows then again in verse 50, it says, Faith secured her pardon. And the realization of God's forgiveness brought forth her expression of gratitude. Now, if y'all would, just look back at verse 50. Let's just read it real quick again, if I can get to it. This wind is nuts. Verse 50. It says, Jesus said to the woman, your faith in me has saved you. Now, I want you to take a look at that word saved. Go in peace, free from distress experienced because of sin. If you go to the Greek and Hebrew of that word saved, it's the word sozo. Now, we have something in our church called freedom prayer. Um, what we learned it from is a, a church out of Bethel in, in Redding, California, and they call it sozo. And I want to show you what this word sozo means. Sozo means to save, to heal, to cure, to preserve, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to deliver. So when Jesus said, you are saved, that's what he's saying. You are set free. You are rescued from danger and destruction. You are healed. You are cured. 
Sozo saves not only from physical death by healing, but also from spiritual death by forgiving sin and its, and its effects. Sozo in primitive cultures is translated simply, listen to me, sozo translated in primitive cultures means to give new life and to cause to have a new heart. Now, when you don't get free, when you genuinely don't get free, and I believe that the woman got free, I believe Simon didn't. I believe that's what Jesus is saying, and he called out the woman to say, your faith has saved you. But I believe that when we don't get free, you know what happens? We carry that unforgiveness. We carry that bitterness. And just the smallest amount will affect the most important relationships. I don't know about you, but I've got family. And even this week, because of something that I have carried for years, didn't even realize it was there, a button got pushed in it this week, and all of a sudden, it reared its, its head. And it wanted to sidetrack me. It wanted me to get angry. It wanted me to get bitter. And listen, it was, it was for a, something that literally happened. I'm not just making this up. The things that we, need to be, that we need to forgive others for is for things that have happened to us. They're not something that we've just made up. We have been hurt. But being able to let go. I finally, uh, we were having conversation, and I just said, I need, to be, I need to not talk about this anymore. I need to be able to walk away from this, and I need to be able to forgive this. And I don't want to go back and relive this because I can forgive and be put back in the situation and pick it back up. Anybody here ever really forgiven somebody, but then you got thrown back in the lion's den and you picked it right back up? Man, it's so easy. Thank you. It's so easy to pick up forgiveness, and it's so hard to let it go. But Jesus is saying here, your love for me is a reflection of your heart. And if you're struggling to forgive, Get your heart right with Jesus. Get your heart turned to him. Get in his word. Get filled with his spirit. Start speaking out of your mouth according to his word, not according to yours and not according to your situation. But you may have been absolutely hurt by your parents, by your kids, by your boss, physically, sexually abused, um, mentally, verbally, that you just can't shake. Well, I'm telling you, the way to get to shake it is through this sozo healing. It is to genuinely get set free because of your love for Jesus. No pill will do that. No counseling will do that. No amount of exercise, no amount of alcohol, nothing will set you free but the power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. It is the most amazing thing. So when I find myself still holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness, you know what needs to happen? I need to reconnect with God. That needs to be a, you know how now uh, even churches and places are going to start taking uh, temperatures to make sure you don't show symptoms of uh, COVID-19? That's what the Word of God does. It's a temperature gauge to say, hey, you're carrying unforgiveness. Get right with me. I'll help you get free of that. If you don't get right with me, you will never get free of that. And not only will you hold that forgiveness, but it will literally kill you physically, spiritually, mentally. 
Unforgiveness will kill you. It is an act, it is the work of the enemy that we feel like we have a right to hold on to. The amazing thing about the Lord is he lets you hold it. He does not force us. But he's waiting for you to release it. And you may say, Pastor, I'm not really ready to release it. That's fine. Get with Christ. He'll prepare you. He'll get you ready. And you'll be able to let that go. It is the most amazing thing. But it is the thing that is killing us. It's killing our nation is unforgiveness. It's killing the church. And church, I feel like I'm not somebody that carries a lot of unforgiveness. But what's amazing is we can carry it and not remember that we had it until we run into it again. And what's also amazing is it can be with people you love. Just, I just didn't remember until this happened. And then all of a sudden, there it is, and I have a right to that. Yes, they did that to me, and doggone it, I hate it. And I'm not going to let them do it again. And they're mean, and they're the devil. They're not the devil. I have just, the Lord has just had, in his grace and mercy, showed me a little bit more of what I need to deal with. Not them. I don't need to deal with them. I need to deal with me. Father God, help me to forgive. Help me to get filled with your spirit and with your love and with your word. And when I start to recognize this hurt and this pain and this bitter envy and hatred, these things that I typically don't think that I have, help me to get free of that. Right now, I just take my focus off of that issue, and I put my focus onto you, Holy Spirit. I want to love on you and to kiss you and to anoint you and my focus to be all on you. You know what that is, church? It's worship. When you genuinely turn your heart to worship, you know what goes away? Those, those negative thoughts. They're not even there. Why? Because the love of the Father comes in. And it's that love of that Father that has saved me from my sin and is saying, Paul, I've saved you from that. Release them of what they've done to you. Release that. Let me have that. I will restore you. I will heal you. I will set your feet on a rock. I will get you down in the ground so well that when the wind blows, we don't move. How many of you get uprooted every time a storm comes? The Lord says, get your roots in me. Abide in me and me in you. Amen? Isn't that good? Amen. Well, I want to pray for you. Um, I want to encourage you. Uh, before I pray and dismiss, and Pastor Justin's going to come up, and we're going to take communion again. It's the first of the month. We do this every month. It is our plan. I've only talked to one deacon. I've got one standing right here. I had one playing the drums, and I've not talked to him yet. But we have been talking about us trying to have some type of social distancing service next Sunday on Mother's Day. So I want to, amen, there was one that likes that. Um, I want to encourage you, we will wear masks. We will separate people out by families. Um, we will keep you safe. Uh, however, if you don't feel safe, stay home. We will still stream. Um, your kids need to stay with you. We won't have children's ministry. We're going to have to probably go through the rest of the month watching, watching um, the curve and making sure that we're going in the right direction. 
Um, but I believe next Sunday we're going to be back in the sanctuary at 1030. We will be communicating with you all week. Um, if you've got concerns or any issues that you need to reach out to us, just email us, uh, office at churchonthehill.tv. Uh, I receive that um, or call. Uh, but I want to pray for you. You may be away from God right now. You may be carrying unforgiveness that you just can't get free of. Listen, you're normal. You're normal. Your situation, something that happened with us when we went through uh, the tornadoes and the, the uh, identification day is that one of the counselors said to us, you're, you're reacting normally to an abnormal situation. Your reaction is normal to an abnormal circumstance. The thing that someone hurts you, maybe a parent hurts you or a spouse hurts you or a child hurts you or your boss hurts you, that's abnormal. And your reaction to that in hurt is a normal response. When somebody pokes on me with a pen, I react abnormally of my normal character because I may shout something. Hopefully it'll be good, good words, but I may shout something. I may move and slap and hit and run. That's an abnormal, that's abnormal of me, but that's a normal response to getting poked on. It's a normal response to an abnormal situation. So the fact that you're still hurting is normal. But what we've got to do now is to allow the Lord to work in that, to heal that sozo. And we offer what's called freedom prayer, which is sozo healing. If you ever need more than just what you're getting at home, we will sit down and pray with you. It's not weird. It's the most amazing thing. Shirley and Vicken Trauman and that team are just awesome at freedom prayer. But let me just pray for you. Father God, right now we just lift up our church. We lift up our city and our nation. And just, Lord, we ask for healing. We ask for healing from this disease. We ask for healing from uh, bitterness and unforgiveness. Um, Father God, we just ask for forgiveness for our sin. I just ask right now, Lord, that you would just turn our nation, turn our state, turn our city to you, turn our church. And Father God, we may have somebody here right now that's still just hurting and can't seem to, to get free. Lord, right now we just turn to you and just ask you, Father God, help. Jesus, help me. Fill me with your spirit and show me how to be able to let go of this. Your word has taught us today that if we would get full of you, if we would be full of your spirit and full of your word and literally full of your love, that we can get free, we can get saved, we can be rescued from our sin and from our unforgiveness. Move in our hearts. Right now, we just ask you, Lord, that you save us and rescue us from that, from that sin, from that unforgiveness. And right now, Father God, I forgive I forgive that person. I set them free of that debt, never to try to claim that debt again. Father God, help me to release that to you. We just love you, Father God. Now I just pray for our church that we would be safe, that as we open the doors back up that things would go right, that there wouldn't be bitterness and anger and um, backbiting, but, Lord, that there would be love and that you would show us how to do church again and do it in a new way. Let us be effective. Let the church be effective at winning souls for Christ, at loving people, at feeding hungry, at clothing people, at doing the things that you've called us to do. 
Help us to be different. Thank you, Father God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.